Welcome back to the Tapes Archive podcast, where we release rare interviews that need to be heard. In this episode, we have the Ramones frontman, Joey Ramone. At the time of this interview in 1988, Ramone was 37 years old and was in Japan for a concert tour. In the interview, Ramone talks about whether he considers the Ramones a punk band, the most exciting time in music history, how most bands lack originality, and whether rock and roll has paid him back for all of the Ramones' contributions. The interview is conducted by Steve Harris. To learn more about Steve, who is new to the Tapes Archive team, please check out our podcast-only interview with him, which is out now. One last thing before we get to the interview, the Tapes Archive podcast is a proud member of Osiris Media, a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics you love. Thanks for tuning in, and now it's time to open the vault. Seeing your concert last night, he was amazed at how you can go through like 40 songs. However, for the uninitiated fan, it might be kind of hard to differentiate some of them from the other ones. But the amazing thing is you've kind of maintained this one style all these years without compromise. Yeah, well, every band tries to achieve a distinguished trademark sound, but few accomplish it. That's the ultimate goal is to, to have a, a sound that's your own sound. I mean, whether it be the Beatles or uh, Little Richard or uh, Elvis Presley or uh, Rolling Stones or Led Zeppelin or the Ramones, I mean, that's the ultimate thing. I mean, what, or the Who. You know, most bands sort of um, emulate other people's... For, I mean, like, if you think about how many bands have been influenced by the Who, say, or the Stones, you know, I mean... But in, in doing so, it's, it's something that just comes... that's just there. It's a chemical thing. It's not like you can't say, oh, I want to try and create a sound for myself. You just It just happens that way. Sure, you can say, well, I, I want to write a song like this. But as far as creating a sound, your own distinctive sound, I mean, it's just something that happens. But isn't everybody more or less kind of a hybrid, though? Most bands, you know, really lack originality for the most part, and they're totally cliche and pretentious. I mean, if you listen to radio nowadays, I mean, it's a sickening for the most part and of the bands nowadays who uh, have anything really distinctive or original of their own I think it's been this band the Ramones who started 15 years ago and everybody has taken a piece of basically our, our fundamental sound as their bases you know what I mean whether it be heavy metal or the new resurgence metal or bands that, like the Sex Pistols or Metallica or Anthrax or, or whoever Poison, the pretenders, I mean, whoever, everybody took our sound, used it as their bases, almost like an artist, you know, in, uh, for the first step on a canvas, using, putting down that, that basic layer. It's exciting and, uh, we, you know, and it's, and it's great. I mean, rock and roll was always meant, it's the spontaneous reaction. You don't go to Juilliard for 20 years learning to play rock and roll music. I mean, like Elvis Presley picked up a guitar, or Buddy Holly, or whoever it be, or Johnny Ramone, you know what I mean? And uh, that's what uh, he did with it. So I'm losing track of the original question here, but, uh, but I mean, I know that the little bit of grasp I have on this question is that in the last, you know, I mean, of, of, of current day, I mean, you know, the, the, the last man that really created something has been the Ramones. I mean, uh, I guess the most exciting period since, say, 64, 65 was the period of 76, 77, and a lot of ways reminded me of... Um, 
that period when all these bands came out and they were all great, doing exciting things and uh, new experiment experimentation kind of situations with the English invasion or the I mean, there was an English invasion, but in America there was a lot of exciting things going on here as well. I mean, there was Phil Spector and the Beach Boys and uh, all, the, all the American groups. There was uh, that psychedelic period, the Doors and the Stooges and the, the Seas. I mean, there's so much. I mean, the, the 60s was... I mean, the 50s was, was the infancy, you know, and, like, the 60s was sort of the experimental kind of because rock and roll was new, it was in its uh, infant stages. By like '69, um, things with rock and roll was getting lost, diluted and lost, and mixed in with all kinds of fused with all kinds. I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with LSD. I mean, it just lost its purity and simplicity and its freshness and its excitement, the way it what it had in uh, the late '50s or in the early '60s or the mid '60s. You know what I mean? It was becoming a hodgepodge, a mess of things. And what the Ramones did was sort of take it apart and reassemble it, and sort of, uh, there was, it's almost like there'd been a clog in the toilet. I mean, you know, it was like we sort of roto-rooted it out, you know, and, uh, and, and, and let the fresh air come back. You know, we put the fun and excitement back in, and the spirit, and the emotion, and the raw energy and raw emotion. I mean, I liked Pink Floyd when they first came out, but, they, I mean, groups like Yes and Pink Floyd and all these groups were just... With their like, an album would become six tracks on an album instead of like twelve or fourteen. It was like a total mess of mediocrity and pretentious cliche and all that crap. You know what I mean? People lost sight. You brought it back. Yeah. Mentions here the Talking Heads, about how they kind of formed the band about the same time you guys did, if not a year or two later. Yeah, they came out later, and we we, we always liked them. We sort of like took them under our wing in a sense, and, and we did that with a good portion of the bands that we liked. At one point, it was almost like uh, we were a springboard to uh, success. Mm. You know, people would think, oh, yeah, you play with the Ramones, because mm. it was happening that way, you know. Yeah. People, everyone that supported us would uh, take off. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I admire David Byrne a lot. I, I really think he's a talented guy, you know. You know, Talking Heads were doing something different, too. I mean, it was, yeah, it was simple, and it was uh, more more arty or something like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? He talks about them as having evolved by taking on different styles and whatnot. Um, well, how, how does that compare to everything, you guys? Everything, everything. I mean, we've been influenced by millions and millions of influences, but what we did was, the way I see it, it's like absorbed and stored in your head. The output is our own distinct brand of music. The idea is not to let it be known what your influences were. It's just to put out something that is you and doesn't sound like somebody yeah. else. You know. You also remember mentioning the Stones there as like a band that you know, successfully made its own sound, but when you think about it, the Stones also kind of went through various periods. That's I mean, also- like, I mean, they're bands that... Uh, have one or two influences and they sound that. I mean, not to say that they're, they're bad. I mean, bands like, say, the, like the Dolls or something. I mean, they were very Stones influenced and it was very obvious that they were. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's funny because uh, when people talk about the Ramones, at least here in Japan, they often mention the Dolls as well. And Johnny Thunders tends to do pretty good over here. Oh, not, yeah. Not, well, as good as, not as good as you guys have done this time. But well, still... we, we, you know, the Dolls are like one of my favorite bands. Is that right? Yeah. What did they have? I mean, what, what made them so special? Well, they were great, great songs. I mean, they look great. Johnny Thunder's great. It was, you know, I mean, if, you, if you've ever seen them or you're familiar with their albums. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, I mean, they were, like, uh, really exciting. Clever. David was a witty guy, clever guy, and uh, they were fun. 
you know, they were like an event. Why has a guy like David uh, Johansson become Buster Poindexter and go through the, all this? Uh... Well, because he was, it was when he went solo, he didn't. It wasn't happening for him to solo artist. And I mean, I admire the guy to take on another uh, whole different personality, almost like a sort of a this kind of schizophrenic other side. You know, so, I mean, I think it's really ad- admirable what he's done. I mean, how he took on this whole different identity. But he's the type who can pull that off, because he's a real ham. You know, he's sort of like party meister type. You're not that way at all, though. What do you mean? You don't. I don't want to be Buster Poindexter. No. <laughs> I mean, you're not a, a, a real ham. Well, I mean, I'm not a. Well, I mean, uh, I'm different than him, you know. But I. But he's uh, he's he's okay. Ham, what do you mean by I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that question. Well, I mean, like, uh, in his case, I mean, obviously... I mean, I'm going to say I'm going to make it on, when I go solo. But I'm going to make it on my own account. I don't have to change my personality to make it. I mean, I used to wear women's clothes, this, that, you know? And there was sort of there was this kind of uh, mystique, mysteriousness about it. Going back to that 76, 77 period, that's when they started using, well, the term punk became, I guess, sort of a household term from that time on. Did you guys consider yourself a punk band? Or well, we always considered ourselves a rock and roll band. We were a term punk by the press. But, I mean, nowadays, everything is considered rock and roll music. Pisa Door is rock and roll. Mm. And so punk is fine. The thing to do is be in a rock and roll band. All the football players and baseball players want to be rock and roll stars. and Everybody wants to be a rock and roll star. So, I mean, yeah, okay. I don't mind it at all. I mean, in a sense, we're, we're a punk band, in a sense. But then a lot of people, they sort of see punk in sort of a, a negative sense. But when all it really means is, is being a rebel. And sort of, I mean, rock and roll was always re- rebellious until the 80s or the late 70s. Now, uh, moms and dads and the kids all sit around the living room listening to uh, Michael Jackson records or something. No, he's not rock and roll. I, it's sort of the... Uh, the edge is sort of gone for the most part. What it was really about doesn't really exist the way it, it was back when, you know? I mean, uh, Elvis Presley was a punk, and uh, John F. Kennedy was a punk, and Jim Morrison was a punk, and uh, Iggy Pop is a punk. How about Joey Ramone? And Joey Ramone is a punk. Mm-hmm. And, like, and punk means somebody that it's an attitude, and uh, it's something that, that's osmosis in your guts that makes you this way. It's like, uh, I don't want to conform. I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to be a part of the masses. I want to be my individual self. And I, just the way I see it, having your own ideals and own set of principles and uh, doing it your way. When a lot of people might, uh, they're going to like turn on you because you're going against the rules or the grain or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's the right way to, to be. You think people like uh, being... Uh... See, we're commercial without trying to be commercial. I mean, like, if you look at the music of the 60s, it was all great music. And all the songs were great, and all the artists were unique and innovative and great, for the most part. And nowadays, it's nothing like that. Everybody's like White Wine and uh, Poison and... Uh, and Bon Jovi and all this shit <laughs> for the most part, you know? What makes that stuff shit, though? I, I'm... It's just, uh, 
What's what exactly? I'm not saying it's 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 just like it. there's nothing ex, there's nothing clever. There's nothing exciting about. It. There's mm-hmm. nothing unique about it. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it's it's like the easy. It's like yeah, uh, I'm a rock and roll star, and uh, see the way I feel. I don't want to be a rock and roll star. I want to be. I enjoy being myself. I don't want to live like they live. I want to live like I live. I don't. I don't. I enjoy the simpler things, you know. I'm not taken by uh, stretch limousines and stuff like that. You know? I mean, I admire people who are unique and and are themselves and in, in themselves creative and unique, like like David Byrne or something like that, or David Bowie, or uh, I guess a lot of the greats who are dead now. Like, Lennon or Mark Bolin or Hendrix or Morrison or the most unique people are sort of uh, are no, or deceased for the most part. Hmm. Why do kids lap that stuff up though? Bon Jovi's and the poisons and because you know I you know I don't I hate to say it but there's it's, I guess it's sort of a, a, a mentality like a, a flaw in the mentality. It's just that they don't. I mean, like kids for the most part, there's like this conservatism that's really uh, intense throughout the last few years where kids aren't really very adventurous and the ones that are are a minority I think I know things are changing I think I know like kids I think are getting fed up and disgusted and they're kind of disillusioned with these kind of groups they go to see these bands but they don't get any satisfaction or fulfillment when they leave they feel they didn't get anything out of the concert when they come to see the Ramones it's an experience. Like we're all, everybody. You walk when as soon as you walk into that room, it's like we're all together here, and it's a total experience. People want to be, become part of. They want to be part of something. Coming to see the Ramones, you're part of something. Going to see a band like White Lion, you walk into a to a concert arena, and they're here, and you're over here, and there's a gap in the middle, and that's it, you know. And what are you getting at? And they, and they, I really think they feel kind of cheated. And I think for the ones who really do feel, know they're kind of being, they're being screwed or taken. The ones who don't know, will never know. The thing about Ramon's aid and also Bonzo goes to Pittsburgh, are these uh, signs of change? In, uh, oh, also, your participation in Sun City, are you becoming more politically vocal? Well, no, well, yes and, and no. We've always been aware the Ramones are a multi-dimensional band. And when we when we first started out, we, we were coming off the heels of Vietnam, and we didn't. Everybody was anti-Vietnam, and everybody was singing anti-war songs. And there was, whether it be Bob Dylan or Joan Baez or Country Joe and the Fish or whoever it be, I mean, we didn't want to we didn't want to be be doing what they were doing. And basically, our songs in the earlier days were more about like alienation and frustration, uh, you know, stuff like that. But I guess around 84, the world was changing drastically with uh, Iran and uh, Gaddafi and all this stuff. And uh, it was the death squads and it was things were getting scary, you know. And uh, so our songs, things started changing basically with uh, with ourselves as far as the way we were seeing things, the way we were writing. We've always been serious, so I mean, I don't want to say we're getting serious now. Yeah, I mean... Um, the world's a different place nowadays, and it, uh, so it, it definitely affects you. A song like Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, we were, we were really disgusted while we were watching the news and saw Reagan going over to, to Germany. 
and uh, felt we had to do something. You know, it, it sort of just was uh, an urgency. With um, Sun City, like Little Stephen called me up, and you know, Bonzo, he was saying, was his favorite song, and he was putting together um, all different walks of various musicians together from all different walks of music. He's always been into the issues and stuff, and um, really sort of turned me on to, to the whole thing because I, I had been from the news and newspapers, you know, he, he really sort of uh, opened your eyes. Opened my eyes. Because basically that's what the Sun City Project was all about, was to open people's eyes and minds and uh, sort of uh, raise our consciousness in a sense, you know. That, that whole situation is really sick. And that what Ramallah's aid, it was sort of a, a double entendre. So, I mean, every week there was a different um, aid for something or other. You know, it sort of became a bit of a joke. But, you know, sure, there's nothing wrong with uh, getting involved. It's good, it's healthy. But uh, I guess that was sort of poking fun at it a bit. I mean, obviously, people are jumping on the bandwagon after live aid. We were raising Ramon's consciousness. <laughs> Many decades from now, still singing uh, Blitzkrieg Bach. Well, you do it as long as you feel you, you're doing something special. If it's not in you no more, it's time to, to move on to something else. And that's the problem with most bands and musicians. They just don't know when it's time to move on to something else, you know. And, uh, and it's kind of sympathetic in a lot of ways, especially if you really admire somebody. You know, and they come back, they make these comebacks, like everyone's making these comebacks, and for the most part, they're all doing it because they're broke, because they blew all their money on drugs or whatever, you know. In some ways, you know, you understand, well, there's a lot of money to be made, that's why the Rolling Stones will go on forever. I love Keith Richards, great, you know, and uh, stuff, but, you know, I mean, it's, but that's the case. Stones can make a killing, and uh, so then they know it. You know? They already broke up, they're broken up as right now, this instant, but, you know, but I, you know, I read Rolling Stone, they're getting back together, because Mick Jagger, uh, his two solo albums flopped, and uh, Keith Richards' album flopped too, but, but at least Keith wanted to, wanted to keep the, the stones together and it was Jagger who sort of took off there and uh, like seeing Aerosmith back it's exciting seeing them back because they have a good healthy attitude you know they're all cleaned up and they're all uh, I mean they're doing good things you know but I mean seeing a lot of bands coming back it's like uh, I saw that thing at the Atlantic 40th anniversary did you see uh, Crosby Stills and Nash yeah sure oh my god <laughs> <laughs> or Led Zeppelin for that man oh my god you break do you think anybody's pointing the finger at you guys saying when the Demarone's going to go on to something new? Go on to something new? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Most like, uh, you know, it's like he, he said, it seems like you guys have pretty much been pursuing, doggedly pursuing the same thing. Well, you, you just said, I mean, uh, about us writing songs like Bonzo Goes to Bitburg. Mm -hmm. We're always changing. Uh, we have a definite sound, but we're always, we're always changing and uh, we're always growing. You know, your philosophy and your ideologies, uh, well, they change. I mean, you're always, every day is a, a new learning experience. That's the way I look at it. I mean, it's exciting being here in Japan. I mean, uh, we don't have to come to Japan. We could stay, we could tour. And, uh, we could do world tours in New Jersey, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, no, we well, we do very well everywhere. But I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting uh, touring the world, and uh, and uh, you know, it's a, it's a new experience, and it's uh, it's a new adventure. That's how I see it. Matter of fact, this year we're going to be doing we're on we're on a world tour now. We're going to 
a lot of new territories we haven't been and and then we've broken new turf for bands i mean we were the first band to go back to italy when uh there were all the riots and stuff i mean patty smith and louisa you know we, we went back and well that was our first time but it was great we let them know it was safe and um with spain and portugal and uh, brazil and uh, argentina New Zealand. I mean, we've been everywhere just about. I mean, this year we're going to Israel and Greece and uh, going back to South America. It's just very exciting. Very exciting being here. I mean, the last time we were here was 1980, and it's uh, it's great to to be to be back. This trip to Japan is very timely, and uh, they this magazine also puts out a, a magazine that specializes in Japanese rock. When you interview all these young acts now. You say, like, what band influenced you the most? They don't say the Pistols, they don't say the Clash, they say the Ramones. I guess, obviously, somebody's plugging into that core. Well... It doesn't surprise you, I would imagine. No, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's always exciting to hear this. I mean, I never get to the point where I'm not excited to hear that someone's been influenced by us or directly... I mean, like, um, I met uh, Lars and uh, Metallica came to see us in Kentucky mm -hmm. last year and told us that uh, that he had seen us in uh, Copenhagen in 19, I guess, in 80. And after that, he formed Metallica because of us. I feel in 76, we revolutionized rock and roll and really changed the world, brought uh, a new attitude and new excitement music you know. you think rock and roll has sufficiently paid you back for all your contributions no no we never really i think things are starting to become a bit more justified for us but i mean it's it's only been in the last couple of years that uh you know that you feel like you get some justification back like in new york they have the new york music awards and uh, we we got this uh, life achieve lifetime achievement award that was great, you know. It made me feel like Frank Sinatra there, chairman of the board. <laughs> you know, and the year before, we we won for best album of the year and best import single of the year. And, uh, but we never really uh, completely got a any kind of a just do, say. But then on the other hand, you know, we maintain our self-respect and our integrity and uh, our ideals. And uh, that's the best. To be able to do it your way and be able to carry on and maintain doing it your way and not compromise and not, you know, not kiss ass, but where your, uh, your ideals and your principles are intact and your initial beliefs are intact and you're still doing it that way, that's the best. To be able to walk down the street and kids come up to you and say, you guys are the best. For other bands to come up to you and say, you guys are the best for you or critics or whoever, that's the ultimate, you know? I mean, that's more, more important than having, uh, getting any kind of awards or uh, gold records or this or that. To be, to be able to, to have really done something major for music that uh, that's really changed it in a positive way, that's exciting because we, the Ramones have always been a positive thing. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tapes Archive podcast. Please remember you can always find more information about the show and the individual episodes at our website, thetapesarchive.com. Until next time, the vault is closed.